So we're going to continue the series, Rooted. If you've missed any of the messages, you can go on the church website or you can go on Facebook, whatever podcast platform there is, just type in His Church, you can catch up. But if you have your Bible, we're going to be in John chapter 13 today. We're not going to read it just yet. But we're going to be talking about serving God. How many want to serve God? And if there's anything you take from this message this morning, I want you to understand that serving God is actually and also included in serving people. Why? Because Jesus didn't come to be served, he came to serve. And it's about serving people. When you serve somebody else, you're serving God. So I know I said this last week and it didn't end up happening, but I promise this message today is going to be serving God is going to be this Sunday and next Sunday. I know I said that last week, and I ended up doing both in one Sunday morning. Uh, But we're going to divide this up into two different messages for this week and next week. But if you have your Bible, John chapter 13, starting with verse 1. It says, It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So with this passage of Scripture, in the next 24 hours, Jesus is going to be betrayed, okay, by one of his disciples, one of his closest companions, one of his closest friends, and he was one of the 12 disciples. I mean, all that, if that were you, and you had real 12 close buddies, right, and they were with you at all times, then you find out one of the guys is in the process of betraying you. How many know you probably wouldn't be so much like Jesus was? Right? You're going to probably want to confront this guy about who do you think you are? Right? But this isn't what Jesus did here. But he knew it was coming. His name was Judas. Jesus is going to be arrested. He's going to be put on trial. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be beaten. He's going to be crucified in the next 24 hours. And Jesus already knows it. Look, there's a lot of people that think that Jesus wasn't aware of what was about to happen. Jesus already knew that this was going to happen. And the timing of this is important. Why? Because he already knew. He knows his time has come. It says in verse 1, he had loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end, and he knew it was coming to an end. But how many know not an end for eternity? Let's read verse 2 through 3. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. All things and everything is under the power of Jesus. This is what this is saying. And Jesus understands that he's above all these things. Jesus knows. He has all power. He has all authority. And even though the people at the time would call Caesar the king of kings, Jesus was the true king of kings and the true Lord of lords. Now we're getting somewhere here. So what does Jesus do with all this power? This is the important part. He could have done anything he wanted to do. But what did he do with all this power? Let's read verse 4 through 5. So he got up from the meal and took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. 
So you're looking at somebody who had all the power and authority, and instead of using that the way some people think he would, he gets up from the table, takes off his outer garment, puts a towel around his waist, and begins to wash his disciples' feet. Now you knowing who Jesus is right now, some of you today, if Jesus were to walk into this place with a towel around and say he wants to wash your feet, some of you would probably say, that's weird. Why would he, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, desire to wash my feet? What are we getting at? Why would Jesus choose to do this? It doesn't make sense. Everybody serves you, Lord, but Jesus does something that was radical. It was unexpected, and it was shocking. Jesus gets up from the meal, takes off his outer garments, puts that towel around his waist, and he kneels down and begins to wash his disciples' feet. Now, I don't know what picture you have of God in your head. Maybe you see him as some angry judge who's out to get you or just waiting for you to mess up so that he can throw some lightning bolt down on you. Maybe you see God as just a kind of not caring, not doing anything type of God. There's a lot of people in the world we're living in today that have the mentality of, well, God must not care. And that's so far from the truth. Just because it ain't happening how you want it to happen, and just because it ain't happening when you want to have it, we have no right to say that God doesn't care because He cared enough to die, send His Son to die on the cross for each and every one of us, and He cared enough to take all His power and all His authority to kneel down and wash His disciples' feet. But people think He doesn't care. But Scripture says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. In this moment, Jesus takes on the form of a servant, wrapping a towel around his waist. This is a picture of who God is. Jesus isn't replacing the form of God with a servant. He is revealing the form of God as a servant. There's a difference. This is God in his very nature. Some of us think we know how God is and we know who God is, but we forget that this kind of thing right here is His very nature. This is who He is. God came to serve. Who did He come to serve? In that room you had 13 people. You have Jesus and you have the 12 disciples. One of these disciples we just read about, Judas, is getting ready to betray Him. So even if you've never been to church before or not even in church for a long time, you've probably heard the name of Judas. Because a lot of people, even though they're not saved, and a lot of people who didn't grow up in church, they hear different things about the Bible and about God. Probably heard about the name Judas. Maybe you know Judas was the one who betrayed Jesus. Jesus knows Judas is about to betray him. Yet Jesus kneels down with his towel around his waist. Now there's something powerful here that I don't want you to miss. And he begins to wash the feet of his betrayer. How many of you would be willing to wash the feet of your betrayer? How many of you would be willing to wash the feet of somebody that has wronged you or somebody that you know is going to wrong you? But Jesus chose to wash the feet of his betrayer. And then you also in the room, you got Peter. Can't forget Peter. Peter. 
Peter plays a big part in this portion of Scripture. So in these next 24 hours, Peter would be the one that would deny Jesus three times. And Jesus already knew that was going to happen. He told him it would happen. But yet he still kneels down to wash the feet of his denier. He goes to the feet of his doubter, Thomas, who would eventually say, I don't think Jesus really rose from the dead. And he washes the doubter's feet. Jesus serves those who didn't deserve it. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Look, I don't care who you are, who you think you are. You did not deserve for Jesus to give you what he's given you. It's not something we could have deserved. God didn't look down and say, man, this is a world full of deserving people. I'm going to reward them and I'm going to send my son to die on the cross because, man, they are doing so well. No, you know what in reality? Paraphrase, this is what he said. Man, this world is messed up. These people, they, they need a savior. These people are so messed up that I, I need to do something about it. They're so dirty and filthy by their lifestyles. I need to do something about it. And how many know he did something about it? And he's still doing things about it today. And he's still saving souls. And he's still setting the captive free. Why? Because that's the God we serve. That's who we serve. Jesus serves those who rejected him. Those who would betray him. Those who would deny him. Those who would doubt him. Yet he humbles himself. All that power he has, all that authority he has, and he humbles himself. Now there's something that happens in this passage. I want you to understand this is powerful. Jesus takes the towel and he wraps it around himself. And he goes to these feet. They would have worn sandals back then, or barefoot, one or the other. The road would have been dirty. And there probably would have been all kinds of animal poop and filth everywhere. Donkeys, all these different animals. They would have picked this kind of stuff up on their feet. I'm trying to give you a gross image, okay? These feet probably look disgusting. I almost just asked anybody here has nasty feet. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, Tony, brother, let's talk about Tony. I've been in a hotel room with this guy. And after a long day of work boots, you better believe them boots were going outside the hotel room. <laughs> we went to Mars Hill and I said, dude, I said, we, we got to put the, up Mars Hill, for those that don't know, Mars Hill is way up north, Rooster County, where I was raised. And I said to, I said, Tony, I said, you got to put them boots outside. I said, what if somebody steals them? I said, number one, we're in Mars Hill. And nobody's going to want to touch them boots. You're fine. But I can't imagine having to wash somebody's dirty, smelly feet. That's a humbling task. No, Tony, I'm not washing your feet. But it's a humbling task. So Jesus goes and he washes all that junk off with a towel. Ready? with a towel that's still wrapped around his waist. I want you to pay attention to this. He didn't take the towel off. The towel's still wrapped around his waist. 
He could have taken the towel off. He could have done it at arm's length. But he chose in this moment, ready? Not just to give us an example to follow. He gave us a picture of who he is and what he's doing. He takes all of this filth, junk from the feet of these guys, and he takes it upon himself and wears it on himself. He could have done the six-foot rule, reach something over and wash their foot. But he knelt down with it around his waist and washed it. So now that dirt that was on their feet is now on him. Never took the towel off. Some of you might think, well, pastors, you're thinking about this in a weird way. No, I'm thinking about this in a powerful way. You can receive it or not receive it. He took it upon himself. The towel would have been filthy. Yet he chose to clothe himself in that. Jesus is giving us a picture here of the gospel. The gospel. The gospel means what? Good news. The gospel is that when you and I were covered with filth because of our sin, because we were covered in all this junk, all this gross, all this sickness, he came and humbled himself and took it upon himself. All the way to the cross. Jesus came and he met us right where we were. I've said it before, things Jesus never said. He never said you had to get rid of the junk in your life to come to him. I mean, I know some of us had or still have some junk in our life. And aren't you thankful you don't serve this God that's like, man, until they get that cleaned up, they better not come to me. No. Jesus says, come to me, and I'm going to wash your feet, and I'm going to take it upon myself, and I'm going to make you clean. Because there's nothing you can do. Let me tell you what. You'll never be able to clean yourself up. Never. Because even if you quit doing this and quit doing that, and you think you're not doing these certain things anymore, you'll never be clean until you let Jesus clean up your life. Because I promise you, you may think you're clean right now, but when you allow Jesus in, there's going to be some things deep down on the surface that you didn't either remember or you were not aware of until Jesus stepped on the scene. And he wants to clean you. He's washing his disciples' feet. He humbles himself. He knelt down. He took our filth onto himself. How did he do that? For us, through the cross. He took our sin. He took all this stuff that we had, and he picked it up. He took it, and he wore it on himself. In that moment, it's this beautiful picture that when you and I couldn't clean the filth off of ourselves, God came to us to take it upon himself. To wear it upon him. Look, I, I, I don't think we're, at the church world today, I don't think we're thankful enough for what he's already done church we live in today is so disgusting with all this oh i'm going to get this and i'm going to get this or or god you need to do this and you need to do that I, I think some of you need to stop asking so much more of oh god you need to do this and start being a little more thankful that he took your junk and he took your filth and he took it upon yourself so you can be set free and delivered and no longer held in bondage by what the enemy wrapped around you no longer a slave but free. And what scriptures say? Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of you need to stop walking towards freedom and start walking in freedom. 
waiting for the next big thing. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be free this day, or I'm gonna, oh man, I can't wait till the new year comes and I can make that resolution and I'm gonna be free. Look, some of you are already thinking about these New Year resolutions. You need to stop asking God to help you with the New Year's resolution and start asking God to give you a fresh New Year revelation of who He is to survive this next coming year. Asking God. We couldn't clean up ourselves, but God did it. This is what makes Christianity different from every other, every other faith on the planet. It's not about cleansing ourselves. It's not. Stop trying to cleanse yourself. Look, there's a lot of these other religions and, and, and things out there that you got to do this, 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 and this. I'm thankful that when I came to Jesus, I only had to do one thing, and that was come. That was it. I had to just give him my life. I didn't have to do a bunch of this checkoff list. And they'd be like, okay, God, do you approve of me now? And boy, I'm thankful I didn't have to wait for approval. Some of you probably should be too. Some of us probably still be waiting, right? But we didn't have to wait for approval because when he sent his son to die on the cross and we received that into our life, we have been marked by a seal. And we were approved not because of anything I did, but because of everything he did. He did it. Jesus paid it all. It's about God meeting us where we are and allowing Him to simply wash our feet to cleanse us from our sin. So let's, let's look at Peter, okay? Mr. Wise Guy, all right? Let's look at verse 6 through 9. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Now, I don't know if he was saying that because they're like Tony's or what. But he said, are you going to wash my feet? I promise I'm done with that, all right? Jesus replied, <laughs> You do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Pretty bold guy right there, huh? Telling Jesus, no. You're not going to wash my feet. Jesus answered, hey, buddy. Unless I, hey, buddy's not there, but I like throwing that in. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then the Lord, then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Now this is powerful in itself. So he came to Simon Peter. Let's look at this again. And Peter sees what's going on. Now can you just think, Peter? It's like, oh, what's this guy doing? He ain't touching my feet. He's Jesus. Why is he doing this? We should be serving him. So he sees Jesus going around cleaning people's feet, and Peter's going, I'm not comfortable with this. All right, let's bring this a little more to today, right? I'm not comfortable with this. Now, if somebody just came up to you in the middle of church and said, Hey, Corinth, can you take your socks and shoes off, buddy? I need to wash your feet. That'd probably a little weird to some people, right? A little awkward. Why? Probably never wouldn't come back, back to church here again. But can I tell you this? This might sound a little weird, and some of you might not understand it, but I've been to some powerful feet washing services. Don't worry, I'm not telling you to bring a towel next Sunday. But I'm telling you, there's power and meaning in these things. Okay? So Simon Peter says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? I don't know if I can receive this from you. He just got done saying earlier, you're the Christ. You're the one that's been promised all throughout Scripture. God in the flesh. I can't allow you 
to wash my feet. Jesus replies, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter. No. Catch this. Jesus answers, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So don't miss this right here. Jesus says, unless I wash you, Peter, unless I do this to you, you have no part with me. Then Peter's like, well, then, Lord, don't just do my feet. Do my hands and my head as well. So what Peter's saying is this. Jesus, if this is true, Jesus, if you really need to do this, if I have to allow you to do this, then do the whole thing. Do the whole thing. I want to make sure I don't miss out on this. Look, I want to ask you a question this morning. Do we only do what's required? Or do we have a heart to offer God more than what's required? Because he easily could have said, fine, Lord, if I have to do this, here's my feet. But I think some of our mentality should not be, okay, Lord, you want my feet, here's my feet. You should be, Lord, you want my feet, I'm going to give you everything. Do my head, do my hands, do my whole body. I don't want to miss out on this thing. What Jesus is teaching us in this moment, and I love that John 13 recorded so much of this. He's saying that here's where the Christian life begins for all of us, right? Some of you are going to be mind blown by this. Any person who's ever walked this planet, here's where it begins. It begins by allowing Jesus to serve you. Peter had to allow Jesus to serve him. And what do I mean by this? The Christian life begins by allowing Jesus to meet you right where you are. To cleanse you of the dirt and the filth. Jesus said, Peter, you don't get it yet, but you'll get it. You'll understand this. You have to allow this. You have to humble yourself enough to allow me to serve you. So Peter goes, okay, that's fine. You can do that. Let me tell you this, Peter could have denied the feet washing if he wanted to. He could have. But Jesus had to explain to him why and what was going on. And then Peter allowed Jesus to serve him. Now, for some of you, you're like, well, we're supposed to serve Jesus. We're like, yeah, you're supposed to serve Jesus, but you can't serve Jesus until you hit that first part where he serves you. You have to let him clean you up. You have to let him wash your feet. You have to allow him, even though he has all authority to do all these different things, you have to allow him to clean the dirt in your life. To serve you. Learning to receive the love, the grace, and the mercy of Jesus. That's what we need to do. Some of you here today, you're still bound with this, that, and the other because you haven't let Jesus serve you. And I know by that term, some of you probably think I'm out to lunch. But it's true. This is true. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords, wrapped a towel around himself to serve his disciples and wash their feet. Have you let Jesus serve you and have you let him wash you? 